you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. All right, open your Bibles back up to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be at uh, that passage that was read for us just a few moments ago here in just a few minutes. I want us to continue this morning on the idea of... Uh, what we started last week, as we think about the new year, as we think about what our purpose needs to be, as we think about what our goals need to be, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few different words. Last week, we talked about the word reach. This week, we're going to talk about connect. Next week, we're probably going to talk about the word what? Grow. Grow. Boy, y'all catch on, don't you? Here's our purpose statement for 2021, to lead our church, family, and community to a loving God who wants to reach, connect, and grow with them. I wanted us to make sure that regardless of what goes on, regardless of what happens uh, outside uh, in the world that we know as a church, that we still have a purpose. We still have something that we have to accomplish for God. We still have a reason of being here, and things in the kingdom don't stop just because challenges outside um, maybe pressure us to or force us to. And so I want us to make sure as we come to this new year that we understood what our purpose is. Today, we're going to talk about fellowship and the idea of connecting with one another. But now, let's, let's back up and maybe think about this for a moment. How many of you, and, and I know I've, I've used this illustration before, but I use it a lot because Scripture uses it a lot. Why is it, or how many of you enjoy, or maybe at one time enjoyed running? few of you, okay? That's usually not a question that you get an abundance of, of positive responses to. You know, my brother sent me a message last night, and um, I got really tickled with it because, and he's actually still text messaging me about it right now. We've been talking about it off and on since yesterday. He, he, his question was this, are you still losing weight? And I thought for a second, I never knew I started. You know, but um, but he is on this. He's he's on this. You know, he's he's got a goal to for, for a resolution. So in other words, he's got he's made up his mind to not accomplish something this year. Um, but he's got a resolution to lose a certain amount of weight. Wants me to join in with him. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, one of the things that's that is proven over and over: if you exercise, if you walk, if you run, if you you know get out and get active. It's healthy for you, right? I mean, it's healthy for you. It's encouraging. They say it makes you feel good. But, you know, there's some other things that come along with running and exercising that, that Matthew doesn't like, that tends to keep Matthew from participating in those events. And that's the fact that you get tired. Your, your legs start to hurt. Um, your, 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 your lungs maybe feel like they've got knives in them. Your heart nearly bangs out of your chest. You know, all those, all those reasons are reasons that keep me from maybe being healthy because I don't like hurting, which, you know, if you don't like that, then if you exercise more, you know, it's kind of a catch-22. You just go around and around about it. But it's interesting to me that throughout Scripture, over and over and over, the physical representation of our spiritual journey many times is the activity of what? Running a race, of running a race, over and over. Uh, in Acts 20, in verse 24, uh, we, we read these words, However, I consider my life uh, worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has hurt, where he was physically beaten, where he had pain because of the gospel, 
But yet he continued. He knew that it wasn't just about the moment, that it was about the entirety. It was about the whole race. And I believe that it gives us that picture. But also, I think it's a great picture for us because it is a metaphor that Christianity very much is a solitary activity. You, I, I talk a lot. You know that I talk a lot about this being a community, about this being a family. And it is, and we are. But at the same time, we walk our Christian journey, our race is something we have to do on our own. We have to make our own decisions. We have to have our own faith. We have to have our own faithfulness to God. We have to take care and face our own temptations and overcome them. It is very much, when I start this, just like if you're going out to run, it's just you in the road. You have to make the decision to take every step down that road. And as a Christian, you have to make the decision on your own to make every step in the Christian race as well. But the question becomes, what does all this have to do with fellowship? What is Okay, we're talking about races and running and uh, it being a singular activity and event. Well, I want you to think about this. Christian fellowship, now follow me here, Christian fellowship is how we equip, strengthen, and encourage each other so that we can run the race well. Let that sink in. Christian fellowship is how we equip, strengthen, and encourage each other so that we can run the race well. Fellowship is the thing that we do that assists each other in the race. I want you to think about marathons that maybe you've watched or been a part of. What, what is part or who is part of marathons other than the runners? Well, if you watch, watch it on TV, I've never experienced it personally, but if you watch it on TV, you've got aid stations that are there that if you need help during the race, if, if you need a drink during the race, you can stop there. There's medical personnel that are there in case something happens that you, know, you need to be taken care of medically. But then also aside from those, there are fans. There are people on the side of the road yelling, you can do this, keep going, don't give up. They're being encouraging. And that is our role as Christians in the body of Christ. That is our job, to be the people there that refresh each other, to be the people there that wrap up the wounds and bandage each other when we fall, to be the encouragers to those that are running the race. But here's the difference. In the Christian race, we're not spectators. We're all runners. We're all runners. And as we run, what fellowship does and what fellowship means is as we run this race together, we are also encouraging each other, pushing each other, healing each other so that we can finish the race well. Now, now that you get all of that, let's ask the question of what, what really is fellowship, okay? We tend to use the term fellowship very loosely. Um, within the churches of Christ and other in other groups, when you use the word fellowship, what word usually comes after it? Fellowship, meal, okay? Um, I, I've been guilty. I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I've put on uh, events and stuff before. Join us for food, fun, and fellowship. Now, we have a very loose idea of fellowship. We think that as long as there's a casserole involved in a conversation, we've had fellowship. You know, even if all we talked about was the weather or all we talked about was the ball game. But I want to challenge you into to understanding that those things aren't really, truly fellowship. 
Now, they're important to keep relationships going. They're important to keep those gears flowing. But I think maybe if we look at a couple of verses together, we'll see that fellowship is deeper than just a potluck and a conversation. Let's go to the passage that we read just a few moments ago where he, uh, the Hebrew writer says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, throughout the years, I've always been challenged by this verse, and maybe even our teaching on this verse a little bit, because this has become what I call and what some other ministers call the go-to-church verse, about forsaking the assembly, you know, and, and we've, make it all, we've made this verse, these few verses, all about that one subject of going to church. But I want to challenge you that this, to, to think about this verse in a lot deeper context. The first thing I want you to see in this verse is the word consider. Consider. What does it mean to consider something? It means to think about it. It means to let it kind of sink in and really settle. It means that you're purposeful with something. He says, I want you to consider something. I want you to consider how we, how about you replace that with how you or how I. I want you to do that. Consider how I. I want you to say that with me. Consider how I. Say it with me again. Consider how I. And what's the rest of it? Consider how I may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let's stop right there for just a second. The first thing this verse is telling us is that we need to be intentional with our encouragement to one another. That when we're together, we need to have already thought about what is it that I can do? What is it that Matthew can do that when I'm in this group of believers, when I'm with my church family, what can I do to encourage someone? What can I do to spur them on toward love? What can I do to show them love? What can I do to encourage them to do more good things? You see, that's what fellowship is. Fellowship is when we have that relationship that we love someone enough that we think about when I'm with them, how can I help them become better in their walk with God? What can I do to encourage them in the race? And he says, and he goes on, he says, you do these things, okay? You spur one another along in love. You spur them toward good deeds. And then he says, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I think maybe one of the most important phrases in this passage is encouraging one another. You see, what I've seen and what I've realized in, in, in my time in ministry is people... Quit meeting with the church. People quit going to church in our vernacular. People give up on their faith and quit running in the race when they feel like they're not encouraged. You see, when you walk into a church that's full of people, that the church is vibrant and the church seems excited and, and there's a lot of conversation going on, there's a lot of laughing going on. You know what's going on in that church? It, it, people are loving each other. People are pushing each other. And when people in the church family feel loved, when they feel encouraged, when they know that regardless of what my week has been like, I can show up to this place and I can be filled and I can be taken care of and I can be nurtured. I can be, you know, I, this is the, the pit stop for me to... To, to, you know, to get the wounds healed from the weak, then people aren't going to quit coming. 
They're going to make sure they're here every opportunity they can. So for us to be a church that grows, for us to be a church that is relevant, for us to be a church that's saving people, we have to make sure we are a church that is loving each other and encouraging each other first and foremost. I don't know about you. I know that Wednesday night was a challenging night. But many of us were here Wednesday night where we just took time and in a spiritual way and even some of us in a physical way, we wrapped our arms around Shay and around her family and we bathed them in prayer for the challenges that they're facing right now. That, that is fellowship. That is what it means to be connected to each other. That's what it means to live out Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. It's not just about being in the building because it's church time. It's about being in this family and running this race together, even when times are difficult and hard. Because you see, in many ways, hey, look, I, I truly believe that God has got me, all right? I'm in God's arms. He, 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 he knows my struggles. He knows my difficulties. He, he knows when I'm up. He knows when I'm down. He knows all those things. And I know that when, I have, when I'm having problems, when I'm having struggles, I know that God is going to make sure that I am sustained. God is going to make sure that I'm filled. God's going to make sure that I have the power to push through the challenge, to push through the wall that I may not be able to push through on my own. But what I also realize through Scripture and through experience, is many times that power, that love, that mercy, that encouragement comes from my brothers and my sisters through fellowship, through connecting to one another. When we look around the room and we say, whatever Dylan's going through or whatever Gary's going through, I know that I'm there. My job is to be there to encourage them to pray for them, to remind them that the struggles of this life are temporary, to listen to whatever it is they need and to help them get through it. That is fellowship. And I would imagine that in this group of people today, us gathered here together, that there is somebody, there is somebody that they look like on the outside, they've got it all together. They've, they've put on their church mask this morning. They've walked through the doors, and they're going to look like they're ready to, to face whatever the world throws at them. But on the inside, they're hurting. They're discouraged. They're struggling in their walk. And this needs to be the place that they come and have someone love them, have someone grieve with them, have someone acknowledge their pain, have someone rejoice with them. And be reminded that Jesus is with us and that we are all filled with his spirit. Listen to these verses and just kind of let these words sink in. The first one comes from Hebrews 3 and verse 13. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hindered by sin's deceitfulness. What keeps us from being hardened by sin? What keeps us from being... Uh, uh, pulled away by Satan, it is by the encouragement that we get from each other. 
1 Thessalonians 5, verses 10 and 11, says he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you were doing. How do we stay awake? How do we stay joined together through encouraging each other? Then one of my favorites, one of my favorites in all of Scripture, Galatians 6 and verse 2, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That is what it means to fellowship with each other. All right. I've not even got to my points yet, so let's get there. Three ways we fellowship with each other. Like I said, I know this is a challenging time to try to do this. I want you to understand, though, that when times are challenging, it is even more important for us to find ways to stay connected to each other. And as we go through this year, and as we find some normalcy, prayerfully, Lord willing, at the, towards the end of this year, I know that, that normalcy is something that will come back, that a time for us to be together as a whole church family will happen again. We're not going to have to have a 9 o'clock service and a 1030 service. We're not going to have to have these things. We're going to be able to have classes. We're going to be able to have events. We're going to be able to have all these things that we get together that we call fellowship moments, and, and they are fellowship moments. Um, but I want you to know when that time comes, our focus for a while is going to be reconnecting. We need to make sure we stay connected, so we're going to look for opportunities to reconnect. And when we do that, there's some things we need to make sure that's part of that. The first is this. Listen. Listen. How many of you love to talk? How many of you that didn't raise your hand probably should have raised your hand? How many of you would consider yourself a good listener? How many of you consider yourself a good talker and a good listener? You're called an oxymoron. <laughs> you know, I have a habit, and some of you have maybe noticed this. Um, and if, if I'm in a conversation and I'm excited to talk about something, I, if you take a breath, I'm going to jump in there and start talking again. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, especially as the preacher. You know, when you need to be the guy that, that listens more than he talks sometimes. I mean, there are times in my ministry like this that it's my job to talk, but then there's times when it's my job to listen. And I, and I need to work on that sometimes. But it's important for us as Christians, as brothers and sisters, to just listen to each other, to just listen. You know, our society, I believe, has forgotten how to listen to each other. The, the challenging events in our society over the last year, I think, have, I think they, are, they are there because we don't care what other people say. We just care about our own thoughts and opinions, and we want to get those out there. And so we've quit listening to each other. As Christians, we can't do that. You see, because the way we show people that we care about them, the way that we show them that we love them many times, is we keep our mouth shut and we just listen to what they have to say. We listen to what's on their heart, to what their struggle is, to what their challenge is. And then as you listen, I challenge you with this next step. Not only listen, but when they get through sharing, ask questions about them. Ask questions about their challenge. Dig deeper with them in that conversation and listen some more. Then they will know how much you truly care and truly love them. I love the words from, I'm sorry, from Proverbs 18, verse 13. It says, he who answers before listening, and we're guilty with that sometimes, that is his folly and his shame. Instead, 
And we all know this verse. James 1 and verse 9. Take note of this, everyone. Should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The first thing we need to do and focus on is listening to each other. Let's keep going. The second thing we need to do is pray. The second thing we need to do is pray. Let me ask you a question. How many of you sometimes struggle with knowing what to pray about? I know there's times that I do, that I struggle with that. But I also believe that if we're listening to each other and we're really engaged in true fellowship whenever we're in this building, we're going to have plenty of things to pray about. As we listen to announcements, as we read our, our newsletter, there's plenty of things to pray about. But you see, that's the next step, is once I've listened to you, once I hear your problems, once I hear your challenges, not, and it's not just always problems and challenges. Sometimes I listen to you, and you've got great things to talk about. You've got exciting things to talk about. You're sharing great, positive, rejoicing moments that you want to thank God about. The next thing that I need to do in true fellowship is pray with you about those things and pray for you in those things. I would, I would, I would challenge you to take your newsletter to take your newsletter that, that everyone has access to and go home this week and, and just, just take time every day, every day, and pray the names on the back of this sheet. Pray for those that are struggling. Thank God for those who are having birthdays and anniversaries. Thank God for those things. Use this as your prompt to begin praying in the idea of fellowship for one another. And then the last thing, the last thing is what? Talk. Talk. Ephesians 4 and verse 15, we're told to speak the truth in love. And often that's one of the most important things that we can do is to just share the love of God, to remind people you're not alone, to remind people that it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. God hasn't forgotten you. To remind people that you're loved no matter what you've done. And there's nothing you can do that will keep God from loving you. And if God can love you, then so can I. We need to talk and share the love of Christ. Now, as we think about the idea of fellowship, this is only the surface. Connect to each other is only the surface. We, we could go on for weeks and weeks and talk about how to continue to fellowship with each other. But I want you to understand, fellowship and commitment to connecting to each other is important. It's vital. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun. Sometimes fellowship means difficult conversations. But it's imperative that that becomes the church that we are or that we become that type of church. A church that's connected to each other, that shows the world what love and relationships truly look like. You see, when the world looks into the church and they don't see us acting any different, they think, I don't need that. But if they look into these walls and they look into our homes and they look into our relationships and they see true brothers and sisters that love each other, that support each other, that carry each other, then they're going to want to be a part of that. And that's who we need to be. Let's close our time together in prayer this morning. God, it is wonderful to come into your presence today, to be surrounded by our brothers and sisters. We thank you for those that are here with us in person. We thank you for those that have joined us online today that are with us spiritually, God. 
We thank you for those visiting with us today. And we are grateful that you have seen uh, that they come our way. We hope that they've been encouraged by their time here. God, I pray that as we start this new year, that we remember that we do have a purpose. That it's kind of hard to see our purpose sometimes because of the challenges that are around us. But as we've talked about the last two weeks, help us. Help us to remember what we're here for. We're here to reach those that are lost, and we're here to connect with those that are saved. Help us to be a church that shines like a city on a hill. Help us to be the light in this community that shows the way to the one and only Son that died for all of us so that we may have forgiveness and salvation. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for Jesus' willingness to die for us. May we live a life worthy of that every day. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Hagleville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community. There is a God.